GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ and joining me, my co-host, my Franca Potente, of the show. <laughs> Uh, how is it going, LBJ? Like I said, I always look forward to how you're going to introduce me, and you did not disappoint this week, so thank you. I called you co-host this time, not sidekick. Yeah, not, not, not special not, guest. Not like guest, not guest. So, I mean, we're like two years into it, and you're finally acknowledging me as your co-host, so I appreciate it. It's all ruse. I'm going to change it up next time. <laughs> Just to bring up your hopes, and then I'll smash them like I always do. That's the best way to do it, so I, I, I respect the game. It's worked for the last 30 years. <laughs> Uh, we have a couple uh, special guests. We have returning guest, friend of the show, Devin. Hey guys, how are you? Good. We'll see how long. It will. I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for the technical glitches on your end. Oh yeah, yeah. We are. We are all just preparing for that. Yeah, happening. You have your good headphones though. I like them. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm up in my game here. You charged them, which was nice. Uh, and then we have uh, a, a new. Special guest, uh, Melissa. Hi, guys. Hi. Happy to be here. Long time listener, first time <laughs> guest, whatever it is. I feel like everybody <laughs> says long time listener when they come on the show, but I never know if they're actually telling the truth or if they're just like, oh, I'll be on your podcast. What's it about? And then they listen to like an episode and then they come on and then they say they're, they've listened all along. Yeah, that's 100% accurate. Okay. <laughs> I think that's how most people... I don't even know that my wife's ever listened to an episode of the show, uh, and she's been on, and we've been doing this for a long time, and she still doesn't care. I Before we get too far into this, I like to bring this up every time Devin's on, because I it's it fascinates me, and it's like the, one of the mysteries I'll never know. When I first started doing the podcast, we were like, we got to get Devin on, and Devin was very like, I don't know, I don't, I don't think I want to do I would do it. You guys, you two, with your families, <laughs> went, to, went to Zubu at the Detroit Zoo, and I don't know what happened at Zubu. I don't know if you witnessed Devin committing a crime, <laughs> if you saved his life from, like, a lion, but you guys came back from Zubu, and you're like, Devin's doing three episodes of the podcast. Like, <laughs> I don't know what happened, and maybe I'll never know, but I'm so fascinated by it that whatever went down at Zubu that you locked him in from not wanting to do it to doing three episodes. LPG it's gets what fast. he wants. <laughs> That's just how it rolls. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's yeah, a true story. Uh, I know you love that story, and I still remember it happening, and I don't know that he did anything special. Uh, he just asked me, and he caught me at a good time. <laughs> Mind tricks. Um, well, as everyone knows, we're, we're kind of in the middle of the year of the sequel here on the Last Action Podcast. Um, and, and like we said, we're always, we're always trying to bring back the guests that were on the original episode. So uh, today we're talking about the Bourne Supremacy. Uh, and this is kind of like the perfect storm because you may have noticed Sphinx is in here. Uh, Sphinx famously, famously in my mind, hated the original Bourne identity. He did. Um, yeah. So like, honestly, like we, he sent us a message like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss a couple of recording sessions. Before I even acknowledged that, I messaged LBJ and said, 
let's have Damon on for the Boyd supremacy. <laughs> like, that was my first thought. Like, I can't describe to you the angriest I've ever been recording this podcast was during that session. The closest I've ever come to just, like, walking out and leaving while we were recording was during that episode. So I'm happy to talk about this without uh, without him there. And we have been talking about getting Melissa on the podcast and kind of trying to find a movie that she, you know, had seen and was familiar with. And this was one that came up. And then, you know, it was the perfect storm. So here we all are. So, uh, you know, but excited to kind of get into it for sure. So we'll start how we, how we always start. What is your first uh, sort of taste of the Bourne supremacy? And, and I guess in Melissa's case, the Bourne films in general. Yeah, so I have all of them. Love them. I don't know how he doesn't like the first one. So I did have to rewatch the first one to kind of get in set for the second. Um, I feel like the first one is more faster paced than the second. I feel like there's a slow build to a lot of like the actual action things that are happening in the film. What was at least from my perspective. Yep. When was the first time you had seen this one? Uh, when it came out, whenever, whatever year that was. Uh, but I have like the DV actual DVDs, so that's how old. <laughs> <laughs> so you went you went to the theater to see it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And then you've seen it. I would assume multiple times after that. Yeah, and it's been probably a good, I don't know, five plus years since I've seen even the original Born. So it's been a while, but it was good to go back. I watched the first one first to then get into the second one to remember kind of all the little things. Devon? Devin? Yeah. Um, my, my wife and I were obviously big fans of the original one. So when this one came out, we saw it in the theater um, and same, same story here. Then, you know, born ultimatum came out. We saw that one in the theater. We own all three of them on DVD. So um, I, I've seen it a few times, but it had been a little bit since I rewatched this one. Did you rush out to see the Bourne Legacy with Jimmy Renner? I did see it. I wouldn't say rush, <laughs> uh, but I did see it. And I have seen Jason Bourne, the most recent one, too. Yeah, and we'll, we'll, I feel like maybe we'll talk about that a little bit, because like, that's like a fascinating thing to me that I always forget that that fourth entry in the series. Same. I didn't even know there was a fourth because I thought the Jeremy Renner one was the last one. <laughs> um, what about you, LPJ? What do you uh, got? Yeah, this is another one. I saw the first three. I saw them all in the theater. Uh, bought them on... Actually, no, I didn't own, end up owning them, actually. I never ended up buying them for whatever reason. Did you Did you pirate this one? No, I... Yeah, did you steal uh, let me think about that. Yeah, this one I did. Uh, yeah, this one I did because I believe it or not, I didn't own this one. The other two, the first two I I owned, I bootlegged. Wait, 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 wait! Time out. Are you saying you own the you own the first born movie and the third born movie? But oh you no, didn't I'm sorry. The- no, let me rephrase it. I hold on. Let me back up. Okay. 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 Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. So Uh-oh. when we did the first movie on the show, right? I went back and bootlegged this the first one like I normally do. Okay. Uh, using the Voodoo app like I like I do, and watch that one. And immediately I was like, oh, I should probably just get the second one. So I did the same thing to the second one. The third one was available on like I don't know FX or something. So I never ended up picking up that one. I recently went and purchased that third one, um, and gotcha. I and I happened to own for whatever reason I had a copy of Jason Bourne. I don't know how I got a digital copy of it, but I had it. So, but anyway, uh, so. Cool. 
I went back and I, and I ended up watching like, the first time we watched the first movie. I watched all three of them. Uh, this time I didn't because for whatever reason, I get parts of the second movie and the third movie kind of confused. So I didn't want to no. do that this time. No, and I, and I agree. I feel like even when we watched the first one, I feel like these three, they're all kind of like mixed together in my mind. Like sure. I don't now. I mean, I just watched the second one so I could tell you more, but I feel like removed from all i'm like yeah like this happens in one of them and this happens but like i don't know i feel like they really kind of just melt they together do. in my mind they do which for is sure. which is crazy because the second movie was meant to be the end of the series they didn't <laughs> know they were never going to make a third film i know that is like that honestly blew my mind when i read that that, that, that they intended they, they weren't planning on making a third one and that they decided to, and they basically had to build it around the ending of this movie. Like it seems so much like they knew they were going to make a third one. Yeah. So that was, that was a crazy fact to me to learn that. Yeah, no, I agree. It blew my mind. So was I, cause I, I, I definitely, I, I definitely read that too, that they weren't planning on making a third one, but I also thought I read that they weren't even originally planning on making a second one. Did you guys not see that or hear that? Yeah. Well, they didn't, they, that was never the intention when they made the first one was to make a second one. But once yeah. they figured out that, you know, it was, it was making all this money, they kind of had to. They greenlit it pretty early for a sequel, yeah. but intended to only make yeah. a second one. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and just, just to round this out, I mean, I, I pretty much feel the same as everyone. I saw this in the theaters when it came out. Obviously, I was a big fan of the first one. Um, I do own it on DVD. I actually watched it. it all three of them are streaming on Peacock in case anyone wants to know. That's how I watched it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm a fan of the franchise. Uh, still haven't seen that fourth one, but um, yeah. Uh, so let's dig into some of the numbers. Um, the release date on this is July 23rd, 2004. So uh, kind of older than I, like, I guess in my mind, yeah. I, I had no idea when all these were. So 2004. Uh, the budget on this is $75 million. The domestic gross is 176 million and a worldwide of 290 million dollars. So, pretty big success. I guess yeah. you can see why they wanted to make a third one. Why they greenlit a third one? 75 yeah. million seems like a lot of money for this movie, though. Um, I don't know. I, I'd be interested, and I didn't look it up. I'd be interested to see how much like they paid Matt Damon to be in this movie. Sure. Like, I'm sure he made at least. $10, million for this movie? I don't Probably. know, in 2004? Yeah, it's a while ago. Yeah, that could be. I don't know. I mean, because if you think about it, I mean, there's not, and, and that's one of the things, you know, we'll touch on, but, like, it's not like this has a lot of, or any, like, digital computer effects or anything. It's all practical, but, like, is that more expensive than doing computer effects in 2004? They also filmed in a lot of locations. So they filmed they on did. location yeah. a lot of places. I would imagine that costed a, a fair amount. Well, but overseas, maybe it was a lot cheaper. To, Could be. You know, you're like, right. Might not be as expensive to film in Russia as it is to film in like Los Angeles. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyways, okay. So Rotten Tomatoes on this is 82% and the audience score is 90%, which tracks as far as these go. Um, so top grossing movies of 2004 uh, number one is Shrek 2. Number two is Spider-Man 2. Uh, number three is The Passion of the Christ. 
And this movie, The Born Supremacy We're Doing, came in eighth. Now, uh, we've only covered one other movie in 2004, uh, LBJ, and I'm wondering if you can guess what it is. I was not a co-host at the time, but it's a movie that I bring up a lot. 2004. It came in 83rd for the year. Was it The Punisher? <laughs> it is. It's yeah, the it Thomas King Punisher. Well done. Son of a bitch. You want to know why, Devin? Let me tell you something. <laughs> At the end of the show, we do the plugs, right? And I always bring up yeah. Patreon because, you know, we got to make the bucks. And sure. I bring up, every time I bring up Patreon, Joe gets a bug up his ass because of, of Action Court. He took me to Action Court on 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 the Thomas Jane Punisher because I didn't like it as much as he loves it. And he lost the debate and he's still pissed about it. But listen, though, <laughs> this is this is too much of a diversion. But let's just say this. Devin, if I tell you that the judge who decided this case was Jody, does that make you think that maybe maybe things were a little skewed? Like Jody was in charge of deciding? Come on. No. No. No? All right. No, not at all. Not at all. Well, anyways. <laughs> anyways, so that's the only other movie we've covered in 2004. <laughs> um, so let's uh, – you want to talk about the cast now, uh, LBJ? Yes, with the director and all that. I don't know. I never know what we do. Like, I thought we did cast before director, but, like, then, like, I don't know. Well, the director. I thought, I thought you were like, aren't you the co-host of this show? Well, the, yeah. You know what? What do you want to do, I, Joe? I, I'm like. What do you want to do, Joe? Make the call. I'm the co-host, I'm the co-host but uh, LBJ is very much the captain of this ship. So, um, you know what? Let's you're talk you're about, the captain now. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about the cast. All right. Let's talk about Yo. the cast first. I think that's the way to go. Um, obviously, uh, Matt Damon returning as Jason Bourne. We talked about that. Uh, Julia Stiles returning as Nikki from the first film. Um and this is going to sound like a bad question because I haven't seen the first one in a while. Is Brian Cox isn't in the first film, right? No, he's okay. introduced in this one. Okay. Brian Cox, uh, he plays Ward Abbott. Uh, Carl Urban uh, is in this. Uh, how do you say his character's name? Krill? Krill? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's, yeah, I think it's Krill. Krill, yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, the, the, I will say this, and I'll, and I'll put some of my cards on the table. I'm going to say the best part of this movie to me is Joan Allen, right? Like, yeah. Joan Allen is awesome in this movie, right? She's, like, even more than, like, okay, yeah, obviously Bourne's awesome, but I love Joan Allen in this movie. She is just, like, I don't know, she kicks ass in this movie. Yeah, she she's doesn't, a good like, guess. Yeah, she doesn't back down, and I don't know, I really like her in this movie. So, um... <laughs> So the other thing I wanted to mention, and this is kind of fun. So like Melissa said, she watched the, the first Bourne movie, you know, kind of yeah. before she watched the second one. And she, she messages me and Devin and she's like, oh, she's like this, this girl in the movie, uh, what's her, what's her uh, Marie? She's like, ah, oh, she's the worst. She's really annoying, which is fair because she is pretty annoying in the first movie. She's like, ah, oh. I'm like, I'm like, well, don't worry. I'm like, she gets killed off pretty fast in the second one. And Melissa's like, good. <laughs> I mean, she was maybe true. the I mean, worst cast in this movie. Like, I think the the guys who were hired to kill people were better actors in this film. <laughs> she was just 
there was something about her and I was like, how did she get cast in this movie, the first movie? Cause she's kind of unknown. Like she's not really in a lot of things. And then, yeah, I was glad she was gone quickly in the second one. Wasn't mad. But you did, you were telling Joe and I how much you loved the tattoos that she had. <laughs> <laughs> I said, maybe that's why the sniper accidentally took her out instead of bad day. <laughs> oh, spoiler <laughs> alert. Sorry. I mean, but, but no, like, I mean, I will agree from the, in the first movie, she is kind of like, she's not the, she's kind of like annoying in the first film. Like she's always like freaking out and like, like maybe understandable given the, the uh, situation, but I will say this movie does do like, I remember the first time seeing it. It is kind of a wild thing that she gets killed off so early on in it. Like you're not really expecting that because she is such a focal point of the first movie and even the very beginning of this. So it is kind of like crazy that she gets killed off so early on, like 15 minutes in. So, yeah. And I will say that she is very annoying in the first one, but I buy like, I buy them as a couple in the first film. Um, And so then to see her get killed off so early on in this film, it is shocking. You don't really expect it. You expect, okay, maybe they'll be on the run again. And then, toward the end maybe she gets killed but you know right from within the first 15 20 minutes of the film she gets killed off and not really yeah. in in a very ceremonious way like no. she literally just gets picked off from behind while she's driving a car across the bridge and then the and then the car crashes into the water like yeah and there's no goodbye really i mean he kind of has like a bye with her in the water but she's just dead like that's yeah. it she's gone well, it, yeah, and it, it's kind of like, well, like you said. I, mean, well. it, it, <laughs> I feel it, like it's set the tone, though, to get him out of his, you know, he was content in his little, doing their little thing in this country where, you know, he's kind of hidden and he obviously having dreams and things, but really he's got a life. And I think they had to, right? Because otherwise, how I feel like that set the tone to get the movie to kind of start going at a quicker pace. Yeah, and I, and I think it, it fulfills the promise of the first movie where he, like, essentially is like, if I even, like, get a whiff of you guys coming after me, he's like, I'm going to, like, you know, like, he tells them straight up, like, if you guys keep looking for me or coming after me, I'm going to come at you with everything I have. And that's what he ends up doing in this. So I think I think it's, you know, I, I think it works and it gets the plot going, uh, but it it is kind of like a shocking thing. Like now it makes sense, but like at the time it was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, anyone else I didn't mention? LBJ, you're the character actor guy. Sure. Anyone else I didn't mention you want to throw out there? Uh, Martin Sockis is in this. He is Jarda. He's one of the other agents. Um, he's a character actor that's been in a bunch of different things. He always plays the like the the uh, Eastern European mob boss or the like hired thug. He's always he's always just like that slimy foreign bad guy. Uh, so he's in this. Uh, obviously, we said Carl Urban. Uh, Michelle Monaghan has a very small role in this, but she's in it as well. Uh, Wait, what, what is she in this? She's one of the agents. Kim. She's Kim. Yeah, yeah she's she- the agent. She only has like maybe maybe five minutes total of screen time, um, but she has some lines and they mentioned her by name. 
you know, so she has, you know, an actual <laughs> presence Who's in the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, other than that, you know, uh, there's some other people too, but nobody that anybody would really recognize. So, okay, let's before we get into the director, let's do uh, net worth real quick. Um, okay, so let's start with uh, Carl Urban. What do you think? Start with you, LBJ. What do you think for Carl Urban? What's his net worth? He's got that, a lot of stuff. He's got that sweet uh, Ragnarok money. Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet dread money. He's got that sweet, sweet dread money. Uh, and that boy's money. Uh, I'm going 50, 20, 20 million. Okay. okay. Uh, Devin, what do you think? Carl Urban, net worth. Yeah, 20 is what I was thinking too. So maybe I'll just back it off a little bit. I'll say 18. Okay. What about you, Melissa? What do you think? Carl Urban. To be fair, I don't really recognize him from a lot. So I'm going to go with 15. I feel like Julia makes more than he does. <laughs> he is... LBJ, 20 million. So there you go. Um, you know what? I'm realizing it's funny. I forgot to look up Julia Stiles' net worth. So anyways, uh, we'll get to that. Uh, let's go with Brian Cox now. next. What do you guys think? Now, LBJ, we just talked about Brian Cox. We did. In, uh, but do you remember what it is? Of course I do. Uh, he clearly, he clearly, his net worth is obviously 12 million. Huh? Okay. Uh, what do you think, Devin? Ooh. Uh, I'm going to back that off a little bit, too. I'll just back it off a couple. I'll go 10. Okay. Oh, that's uh, what I was going to say. Uh, I'll go eight. Uh, it's $10 million for uh, Brian Cox. Uh, okay. Just fresh looked it up. What do you guys think for Julia Stiles? Uh, Melissa, let's go first with you. What do you think for Julia Stiles? Oh, I mean, I feel like she has some Save the Last Dance money and some yeah. other 90s. <laughs> she's, she's got that, she's got a couple got dollars. Sweet, yeah. She's got that sweet, sweet 10 things I hate about you money. Exactly. Um, I feel like she could be... She's been acting for a while. I feel like maybe she's around 14. Has she been okay. acting a while or has she been in acting for for several years. <laughs> I don't remember her being in anything anytime recent. That's true. No, I, I think like she I like retired from acting. Okay. Yeah, I it. feel like I haven't heard her name in a while, but That's good. So, what do you, what do you think uh Devin? What do you think uh for Julie Styles? What did you say? You said 4 15 14 Melissa? 14. She said 14, I'll yeah. Go, I'll go a couple points higher. I'll say like 16. 10 million. Right? LBJ. Ten million. It's twelve million dollars for uh, Julia Stiles. Um, Joan Allen. Joan Allen is next. Devin, let's go first with you. What do you think for Joan Allen? Seven. Okay. Uh, LBJ. She got the death race money. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eighteen million. Okay, uh, Melissa. What do you think for uh, Joan Allen? Uh, I mean, even though she's in the notebook, I'm pretty sure she didn't get any of that money. So, um, she's, she's a good character actress. She's a face-off. Say... <laughs> <laughs> she is a face-off. Get that face-off money. I'd give her maybe eight million. Eight million on the nose. Way to go, Melissa. Um, okay. Now the star of the show, uh, Matt Damon. What do you guys think for Matt Damon? He's got that sweet, sweet, talented Mr. Ripley money. What do you guys think for him? 
We talked about this recently too with something. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, yeah but like, I never, I, I, I never worry because I know you don't remember ever. I remember him having. Fair. I remember him having yeah. more than what I anticipated. Okay. Devin's Dave too. Goodwill Hunting. Don't forget yeah, good, good thing. Yeah, I, that's a solid movie. He's got that. He's got that. We bought a zoo money. <laughs> <laughs> I I love how I love how Networks has also subtly become just as you can pull out the weirdest thing <laughs> to say that someone's been in. I I really do appreciate that. That's where this is going. So I might be but the you, only one on here that will say that was actually a really good movie, and I cried at the end. So I mean, you know. I remember. Not many Matt Damon movies do you cry at because he does a lot of action stuff, but you know. I remember seeing We Bought a Zoo. I don't remember a ton about it. Is Scarlett Johansson in that movie? I think she, she is. is. Anyways. I don't like her either. She's in that one, but yeah. LBJ, <laughs> what do you think for Matt? What are you saying for Matt Damon? 160. 160. Okay, got it. Uh, Melissa, what do you think for Matt Damon? Oh, I'm going to go. Let's go 230. 230, okay. Devin, you. 230 seems high. I'll go 185. 185, okay. Uh, $170 million for Matt Damon. And then I lied a little bit. It's not the last one, just for Melissa. I looked up uh, Franca Potente. She's got that sweet run, run, Lola, run money. What do you think, (laughs) Devin? What do you think for Franca Potente? You know, it's funny that you bring this one up because I feel like I remember when we did the Born Identity that her net worth was was higher than all of us projected. I could be way wrong. Um, I'm gonna go. What God? What was Julia Stiles? Twelve or something like that? I think it, I, I'm gonna say fifteen. I think it was higher. What do you, What do you think, LBJ? Uh, fifteen million and one dollar. Uh, what do you what do you think melissa i am going to be highly irritated if this woman is like i want to know what else she has done to okay um i would say well now i feel like you guys sort of know so i'm going to go higher i'll go with 16 Good move, Devin. Good memory. She's worth $18 million. So Unreal. <laughs> I was Unreal. surprised when I looked it up. I don't remember that we were surprised the first time, but yeah. well, she I feel like maybe she's German question mark. Yeah, like I feel like maybe she's German. I feel like maybe she was in a lot of movies in Germany and stuff. Like I don't think she maybe ever had like really like breakout success here in the US, other than these movies, but I think maybe she Made a lot of money. Maybe that would be my explanation. So, uh, director on this, uh, Paul Greengrass, uh, takes over the franchise, directs this, the third, and the fourth. Uh, You are smiling. I love the story behind how Paul Greengrass got the job because uh, the first film was directed by um, Doug And so Doug Lyman was all lined up to direct this, and the studio's like, uh, no, you're an asshole. You can produce, <laughs> but we're not going to work with you as a director. Yeah. <laughs> and so they hired Paul Greengrass because apparently nobody likes Doug Lyman, and everybody loves Paul Greengrass. Uh, to the point where Matt Damon said he wouldn't do another Bourne movie unless Paul Greengrass was directing it, which is why the <laughs> third one and the Jason Bourne movie got made. Um, <laughs> 
so yeah, so Paul Greengrass comes in and takes over. And you know what? He didn't miss a beat. If anything, I would say he did a better job than Doug Lyman. I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think because like I was thinking about Doug Lyman and like he's like all over the place. Like if you think about the movies he's made, like he made like Swingers and he made yep. that movie Go and like the Born. So it's like it's not like it's like he's like I'm an action movie guy. Well, he it's made uh, he made. Um, what is it? Live, die, repeat. Well, I can't think of the actual name of this film. Oh, um, the one with, we've talked. I know we talked about, about it all the time. Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt. Um, God, this is I embarrassing. We've talked about it. Doesn't matter. I've, anyways, but he yeah. directed that, so he's done some action films, but not. Yeah, I think Paul. Right. But anyway, yes, definitely. Um, the screenplay is by. Uh, Tony Gilroy. And I wanted to mention this. I was looking at the stuff that Tony Gilroy has written, and this one stood out to me. We've talked about this movie before. And I don't know if you saw this, Melissa. He wrote a movie that came out in 1992. Did you see what this is? It's a movie we talked about that you love, that this guy wrote. Yes, you. Yes. It's crazy. If you think about, he wrote all the Bourne movies, and he wrote this movie that came out in 1992. Now I'm totally on the spot. I'm scared. What is it? It's about a a sport, a winter Olympic sport. Oh, cool runnings? Yeah. No, he didn't write cool. He didn't write cool runnings? Oh, the cutting edge. He wrote the cutting edge. Oh, the cutting edge. Oh, my God. I love the cutting edge. Get out of here. I know. It's just so (laughs) wild to me that, like, all these born movies, and he wrote the cutting edge back in 1992. I was like, is this a misprint? But no, he apparently wrote the cutting edge. And I I like like it. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know if you saw, uh, I thought this was funny because I know we talked about it in the first episode. I like that it said that, because uh, he wrote the screenplay based on the novel by uh, Robert uh, Lundum. Yep. But I like it said that this time he actually read the book. Unlike the first time when he wrote it, when he's like, nah, I'm not going to read the book. I'm just going to write what I want. Well, you know, and that's another thing I want to bring up about the writing of this. The They couldn't use the plot from the books at all. Because yeah. the move, the books are so based on um, the Cold War and the early '80s that they could only take elements of the books and use them. Otherwise, they'd be completely out of context in a modern setting. So they couldn't really use them at all. Uh, so this is actually basically an original story, with the exception of you know some of the characters they bring up and some of the basic plot threads. But for the most part, this one and the third one are completely original. Well, yeah, I saw that Gilroy, he says it's a, he classifies it as a reimagining and not an adaptation. So I think they took kind of like cherry pick some plot points and some things, but like you said, kind of crafted a different story for it. So, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but I I just like that fact. They're like, yeah, he read the book this time. So, (laughs) Um, and then music by John Powell. I, I don't really have anything to say about him. Sounds good. It's fine. I don't think yeah. we have anything that we're playing. <laughs> a little peek behind the curtain. There was a debate about whether or not we needed to play the Moby song, but I was like, is it the same one from the first film? And LBJ's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, do you want to play it, LBJ? No, we're good. We're already 31 minutes in. We're good. Okay, so we don't need to play it. Okay. Taglines. Uh, Sphinx isn't here, so I looked up the taglines. They're not great. They're not great, <laughs> I gotta tell you. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
No, well, to be to Max be fair, our last last episode, uh, Deep Rising was not a good movie, but it had some good taglines. So, um, this one, the two taglines, the first one, they should have left him alone. All right, well, okay, yeah, maybe. This one, they stole his identity. Now he wants it back. <laughs> like, does, is that what happens in this movie? I don't think so. Um, and then, Isn't that the plot like, of like a, a Melissa McCarthy movie? <laughs> identity. identity? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jason yeah. Bateman in it. Um, but like, and the weird thing was is that uh, IMDb they list you know all the taglines. They had these two, and then they had a third one. But all it was was like the second one in German. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why are you listing it separately? Like, just Rocky Potante. Yeah, I guess. So, um, so yeah, not, I mean, not that the taglines are ever great, but these ones I thought were particularly uninteresting to me. So, um, yeah. Uh, so I guess before we get into the plot, does anyone have anything else specifically that they, uh, want to bring up or anything we didn't mention before we kind of get into that? Devin, I see you looking at your stack of notes. What do you got for us? Uh, I, don't, I don't have anything right now. Okay. Uh, we, we always joke, uh, LBJ, we talk about like who is the more prolific note taker, my brother or Devin, when they're on the podcast. Um, I think my brother is like calmed down a little bit. The first time he came on, his notes were like ridiculous. And he's like, I didn't use half of them. So, but I think Devin's still pretty pretty intense when it comes to his notes so i mean i don't i don't write a lot of notes i print a lot of stuff but yeah i don't use a lot of it all right that's fair hey better to be over prepared than under prepared so uh okay sure always (laughs) so let's get into the plot of this uh starts off uh born he's having a, a dream or a flashback or whatever you want to call it uh nightmare He's killing someone. He doesn't know what's really going on. He wakes up. Uh, he's in India. Um, and it, it, we learn from him kind of like the conversation that he's been having this like dream a lot. You know, he doesn't really quite understand what it is. Um, and they kind of drop subtly, but like they, they say it's been like two years since the first movie. Is that what they say? Like they're like, oh, we've been on the run for like two years or whatever. Yeah. They kind of drop that subtly. Um, so that's like, our introduction to board and uh, Marie and what's going on with them. Uh, We cut to Germany. We're introduced to Joan Allen, who's playing Pamela Landy. She's running the CIA operation. Now I will be honest with you guys. I had a little trouble kind of figuring out exactly what the, the main plot point of this was like the overarching like conspiracy or whatever. So I feel like I'm going to try and lay it out now and just get it out of the way, and then you guys can tell me if I messed it up, okay? So, back in the day, Bourne killed this guy, Nesky, who was a Russian politician, okay? Now, he had evidence that somebody in the CIA stole $20 million from them, okay? So, they had Bourne kill him so no one would find out. Now, cut to the future... And there's these Nesky files, which would identify who in the CIA stole this money. So they have someone go in and kill 
this operation while it's happening. They kill the buyer and the CIA guy, and they blame it on Bourne. So they don't get the Nesky file and find out who stole this $20 million from the CIA however many years ago. Am I right? Is that like what the plot is? That's the basic plot, yes. I mean, okay. how much of the reveals do you want me to give you now? I mean, I think it's fine. We're still going to go through it. I think you can – so we don't have – The way the plot worked was uh, the politician was very pro-environment and anti-oil. There is an oil, I guess, baron or a guy who owned uh, the the land for oil wells. Yuri, Yuri, and he couldn't get like the he couldn't get the the if the if the politician got elected to the higher office, then Yuri wasn't going to be able to profit from his oil wells. So Brian Cox's character supplied. 20 million dollars that he stole to Yuri to help fund his oil and uh, set Jason Bourne in as a training mission when he first started to kill the politician so that they could pass that uh, bill or pass that law, whatever it was to, to, to get the oil going so that they could all make money off of the oil wells. And that included okay. Bourne's previous boss who died in the first film. Conklin. Conklin. Uh, what's his yeah. name? What's his name? Uh, Doesn't matter. What's that name? <laughs> uh, like, what's that actor's uh, name? Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay. and so Bourne's having flashbacks to him murdering Nesky. Okay. Nesky. No, and I, I think I think it's good to get that out of the way up front, so we don't have to dig into it. And that, so, that clears it up. And, and so to bring that back, Joan Allen has an informant in the CIA or in, in, in uh, Russia, who's going to get those Nesky files to identify them. And that's when Yuri sends Carl Urban to go kill the informant and the guy that's supplying the documents and then blame it on Bourne since Bourne was their patsy to begin with anyway. Right. And their plan is that they're going to blame it on Bourne. And then, so they do, because they kill and they leave the fingerprints. And then they send Carl Urban to kill Bourne because yep. the plan is like we'll blame it on Bourne and then we'll kill him. And, yeah, and, and that way we'll searching for him and then never find him. Right. But then, right? But then, in Melissa's favorite part of the movie, he doesn't kill Bourne. He kills Marie, um, and they think he thinks Bourne's dead because, like, when they're trying to get out, they're in the jeep and like. Now, let me. We we actually. I, I know LBJ. We're not supposed to talk about the uh, movie before the podcast. We talked about it a little bit. Now, I said that I thought that Marie got killed because her and Bourne switched seats when they were driving, and he was going to shoot the driver, and that's why he shot her. Melissa contends, rightfully so, that that's just a bad sniper. If you don't know if you're looking and you can't tell that the driver is switched, so. What do you think happened? Do you think he just thought that Bourne was still driving or what? I think at that distance, even with the scope, he's probably not really necessarily able to identify who's who very well. And he's just going to take the shot that he can take and assume that the driver is Bourne. Okay. Well, here's here's a different question for you guys. Like, so I wrote, I, I literally, yeah, I literally wrote down, I said, did he miss or did he hate Marie as well? <laughs> um because like what this maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves but what is carl urban in this movie like 
is he uh, an assassin? Is he a sniper? Is he a special police in Russia? Like, he what is, is his deal? He's a corrupt um, Secret Service agent because Yuri ends up getting elected to office. So he's a Secret Service agent working for Yuri, who also does contracted hits for him as well. All right. Okay. So uh, we got a little ahead of something I wanted to mention, and this is maybe just me, but like, <laughs> so he's having these dreams, and he wakes up, and, and Marie's like, write it in your journal. That's why I write it down. I don't know. Like, to me, it was so funny. I don't know if any of you saw when she's like flipping through his journal and like, <laughs> Some of the stuff that's on the pages to me just cracked me up. It just was like subway bus, and there's like a big letters. It's like who was I? I don't know why, but it just like cracked me up flipping through the pages. Like it's like because they really focus on it, and if you look at what it is, it's just like so ridiculous. Like I, I don't know why. I I really thought it was hilarious, but maybe that's just me. Yes, I didn't no, notice that funny. part, but before no. Yeah, but before they actually, before he, he you know, um, shoots Marie, did you guys notice that scene where Bourne is running down the beach in cargo shorts, like com- completely awkwardly? Like, I thought it was the most weird thing. Ever. I didn't think it was awkward. Just. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, um, and I like what this, I like this whole franchise, but I, this movie does it well. It's like, they're very good about just like letting you know how, trained and helpful because like born he immediately clocks like carl urban like carl urban shows up and he immediately knows something wrong just by like what he's wearing what he's driving and i i love how this movie or this franchise does that like we talked about in the first movie like when they're sitting in that diner and he's like i know this person is that and i know i need that like I, I, I just I don't know. Like that's one of the cool things about to me this whole franchise is that like it's almost like he doesn't he doesn't remember why he knows all this stuff, but he knows something's wrong when he sees Carl Urban immediately. And I, I always yeah. think that's cool. Um so you like we said, yeah. So she gets shot, uh the car crashes off the bridge into the water. I thought it was pretty clear that she was dead, but he gives her mouth to mouth for a while. And this, okay. No, I think he was kissing her goodbye. Yeah. I don't think he was like, yeah, I think kissing, he was, yeah, he was goodbye. kissing her goodbye. Yeah, that was not a, I'm saving you, you got shot in the head. It was oh, so well, long. I, I Farewell. Completely, I can see you later. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. my note says, gives her mouth to mouth. Pretty sure she's dead already. So I guess no, I just, he was just trying to like say his goodbyes because he was leaving yeah. her there. You know. All right. Well, that makes more sense than what I thought. So, Joe, I, I'm with you. I thought he did both. I thought he gave her CPR, and then when he realized very quickly that it wasn't going to happen, then he gave her a kiss goodbye, and then that's what I got from it too. Because I was like, can you give CPR underwater? Because like I feel like that wouldn't work because there's too much water, you know? Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a, guys, I'm not a doctor. He knew, if he knew somebody was following him, like, he knew she got a shot in the head, we weren't getting her back to life at that point, you know? That's fair. It was, it was a good vibe. So, Carl Urban thinks they're both a good dead. moment. <laughs> Carl Urban thinks they're both dead. He doesn't see, like, either of them come up. Um, they, they run the, the fingerprints that are at the, uh, the scene in Germany, and, like, Joan Allen, like, it says that they're classified. Like, she can't – it says something about Treadstone. Uh, she can't get into it. 
uh, Bourne. We cut back to Bourne. He's like burning all his stuff that he has with Marie, but he doesn't burn like that one picture that he has of her. You're smiling, Devin. What do you got? The things I wrote down. Yeah, I, yeah. So one of the things I wrote down is Bourne, and I get it. He can't remember stuff from his past, but I literally wrote down. Born can't remember shit, but he remembers where he hides everything. Like he's got stuff <laughs> hidden all over the place and he knows exactly where it's at, but he can't remember all the other stuff. <laughs> Can I yeah. say one fun fact that I actually did look up and I don't know if this is true, but he doesn't smile in any of the films only in that picture that he burned is the only time you actually see him smile yep. and i thought the yeah. same t- thing too i'm like he can't remember anything but he remembers like <laughs> well he can't remember anything before he woke up on the boat but i get that that's true no but i did see that and like yeah i think that's true because like i saw that fact that it says he doesn't smile at all except for in that picture and it's true i mean he is kind of a sourpuss throughout the whole thing so well, i mean when is he ever actually happy at any point I don't know, at the end of the first movie, when he's like, oh, I want to rent a bike, or whatever it is, when he finds her, like, he should be happy, you know? And, like, I don't know, there's a few parts where he should be happy. I don't know, maybe not. Uh, anyways, uh, so Joan Allen, she has to get clearance. She gets clearance to look into the Treadstone files. Um, I, I really like uh, when she looks into the Treadstone stuff and, like, her interview with Brian Cox like, I, I love that scene, those two, like, acting oh, yeah. together. Like, because I just, like, like I said before, like, I like that she doesn't take, like, any of his shit, you know? Like, she, I don't know. Like I said, Joan Allen in this movie is great to me because she just, like, she's in this, like, um, you know, not to get too whatever about it, but, like, this male-dominated, like, CIA, and she's just, like, you know, she doesn't, back down an inch in this movie and I love it. I think she's so good. Yeah, I totally want to comment on uh, Brian Cox's like random comments that he makes to her. Like, are you trying to take my job? Like, and she's just trying to like figure out things and she's questioning stuff and he is a hundred percent. Well, obviously, but he's, you know, always questioning her, like stay in your position you do. He says a couple things to her a lot of times in the first part when she's questioning like those certain things that she found in the file. Yeah, and, and I, you know he plays a I, good bad guy for sure. But yeah, he always is questioning he her as a female, and like she is a complete badass of like I don't care. I'm going to still keep pushing you on this because there's something not right here. And I, I think that's what this movie does so well is that like obviously once you've seen it, once you know, but like. Watching it the first time with, like, Brian Cox, you're kind of like, well, what's going on with him? He seems to be, like, against this, but it's like, you know, like, it makes sense after you see it the first time and you realize that he's involved in this conspiracy. But, like, I think it does a good job of, like, presenting him as someone who's just like, ah, this is best. Just, like, why do we need to dig into this? Like, just let it go, you know? Like, I, I don't know. I, I that Those two, they're... Probably like like I said, Matt Damon's great in this, but I think I feel like Brian Cox and Joan Allen are the highlights of this movie, in, yeah. in my opinion, at least. I agree. I mean, because essentially Matt Damon's character is very well. Yeah, they're both good. You know, yeah. they have a little bit more yeah. depth to their character, it seems. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, okay, so uh, Bourne goes to Naples. Um, <laughs> I I do like like Bourne is just so cool in these movies. He, like, basically uses his actual passport, the one that says Jason Bourne, 
so he can get on the radar. He gets like arrested or whatever, pulled aside, just just so he knows he can put them on the radar. And I, he beats the shit out of those guys. He steals the phone from like is that a CIA agent? CIA agent that he steals the phone from? No, he's a he's an FBI agent who's just there as part of the, as part of the consulate. Okay. He, he beats that guy up. He steals his phone. He steals his car. I do like that he just happens to have, like, an extra license plate with him. <laughs> like, you know, all yeah, the stuff. He just, like, magnets He sticks it, it on. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, my note says, apparently he has a bag of license plates because he just, like, got it. <laughs> um, but it, it's so cool. Like, what this, what this whole franchise, what this movie particularly does for me is, like, it just presents, like, without being super flashy about it, just, like, all the stuff that's ingrained in Bourne. Just, like, how, like, he doesn't even have to think about all the stuff that he does. Because he does all this, and it's just so he can, like, listen in to the call. Because he, like, she calls the agent that he beat up, and he gets, like, all this information out of it. And it's, like, I don't know. I feel like they do a really, like, it's not, like, beating you over the head, but... Yeah, I think I think the other purpose of that is I believe that's how he gets uh, Pamela Landy's phone number because he ends up calling her multiple yeah. times after that. That's right? true. That's true. Yeah. And that's um, true. if you notice in the film itself, he he never uses anything that's not available to the public. So yeah. Like, even that. Yeah. Even that chip reader that copied the SIM card, you can buy those. Those are those are available. Not in this country; they're legal here. But you can buy uh-huh. them in other countries, and it'll do exactly what you knew, what he did. So, uh, Bourne decides to head to Berlin uh, while he's driving there. He has that same dream. We see it a couple of times. That dream from the beginning of the movie. Um, they find out uh, this is where Julia Stiles is introduced because she was like the handler from the first movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. I forgot about your Julia Stiles hate. I'm not a full on hater. I just, I wrote down meh because I know you guys like her and I just think she's meh. Who doesn't like she's Julia meh. Stiles? Can I ask you, have you seen 10 hey. things I hate about you? Yeah, I've definitely seen it. And I don't think she's like an amazing actress. She's not like this lovable, likable actress. She's meh. I see. Well, you I know, in general, I agree with you. I like her in this film though. In this, this series. So anyway, so they, they get her on board because she was his handler. Um, wow. This is, Rushing you know, under the rug. I know. <laughs> I, I was like, can we just talk about his hatred for Julie Stiles? Like, I mean, really? We, listen, we, we could devote a solid half hour to figuring this okay. out. We're, yeah. We're already 50 minutes that's, in. So that's, that's unfortunate. Maybe we, maybe we don't derail that. <laughs> listen, yeah. yeah so, we can revisit uh, that. At a later time, action court. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do a post credit scene all about Devin's feelings about Julie Styles. Um, so, and this is interesting because he shows up in Munich, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but he's like, I have a note because he he meets up with this other Treadstone agents guy, and he's very familiar with them. And I have like a my note says, did I miss something? How does Borden know this guy? Like, did, did you guys see this? Like, I don't know if you saw this, but yeah. like. Go ahead, Devin. You can you can explain it if you have it there. Uh, well, I did see something because I wrote that down when I was watching the movie. I was like, wait, how does he know who this guy is and where to find him? And then I thought I read something about the original script 
and how there was more that actually talked about how he knew it. And I think even some of the lines that they said, I'm trying to find my notes. Yeah, on it, what, what, it's what almost like said, something was removed. What they said is that like, they said that this guy, I can't remember his name was like in those flashback scenes. He's part of Treadstone. He's actually the one driving the car, like when they're in Berlin yeah. and him and Cochran are talking to the back. And they also say there was a line of dialogue in the script that they cut out where, like, apparently, like, at one point he caught up to Bourne and Marie in, like, Greece or somewhere, but, like, Bourne got the best of them and, like, didn't kill him. And he was like, yeah. she wouldn't want me to or she doesn't want me to. So, like, they cut all that stuff out, but I feel like. I was so confused because he's very familiar with this guy. And because even at one point, he's like, oh, you should have, you know, like, he's like, oh, I thought you lost your memory. And he's like, you still should have changed your address or something. And I was like, is this guy in the first movie? I was so confused when I was watching this. I, I, I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but I was I was lost. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. And I think this movie would have. I think that they should have kept those scenes in. I, maybe there was something going on where the pacing was off or they just had to cut it for time purposes. But I think those, I think those were scenes that were kind of critical to understanding this, this scene. Yeah, I agree. So uh, then we get like one of, I would say like one of two major action sequences in this movie. Like he zip ties this guy's hands. They have this fight like, it is, like, so cool. This guy is fighting somehow with his hands zip-tied, and it's, like, same as, like, the first movie. It's that real, like, close combat, kind of, yeah, like, yeah. really in-together fight. And it's, yeah, it's great. It, it, is, it is so cool. Like, Bourne gets that magazine, and he's just, like, beating the shit out of the guy with a magazine. And there was, like, there was a lot of stuff, like, behind the scenes about that magazine, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. The, uh... So the stunt coordinator would walk around the set and just pick things up and try and figure out what could be used as a weapon. So he picks up the magazine and he starts using it and no one believed him that it could be a, uh, an effective weapon. So he started just hitting people on the arm with it and leaving welts all over everybody until they finally said, okay, we can do it. We got it. It's, it's dangerous. That's awesome. Yeah, And it's, it really is just a cool scene. Cause it, like it shows you how dangerous these guys are that that dude he zip ties like this is still like fighting super effectively. Um, and it, it's just like this brutal close combat fight. Like that's one of the things about these movies that like the fight scenes, you know, they're not glorified. They're very visceral and like all of them are close in. And like, I think, I don't know if it's the same as the first movie or if it's something that Greengrass, you know, put into effect, but I don't know. Like they're really effective, like how like close quarters they are to me at least. And this was kind of the film that sort of, not this film, but the series really set that kind of style off. You saw it then later on in the James Bond films, obviously films like John Wick, the equalizer. Um, they all have that kind of, you know, DIY weapon fight scene, uh, just kind of yeah. using your environment. Yeah. It's true. Um, so he ends up killing that guy, uh, and uh, the, he already called it in, and like, so I love this part where he turns on all the gas in the apartment, <laughs> yes, and he bad. takes that magazine, he puts it in the toaster, puts the toaster down, and he leaves. I, I do find it a little convenient that it's like, right as all those agents are just about to go in the house, 
the toaster pops up and that explosion happens and like blows them all back. I'm like, that's pretty good timing that oh, yeah. it happened right as they were about to get to the door. But uh, it's it, it it is pretty cool, like how he puts that in there. And that's that's like the one thing I know for certain was from this movie was that he puts the toaster, the magazine, in the toaster. So, um, <laughs> so and then we get like I I also like how this movie does a good job of like. Showing how not only is Born trained, like, to be, like, such a good fighter, but also, like, just, like, a good, like, with strategy. Because he gets into there and he's calling all those hotels. He's trying to figure out where Pamela is. And, like, just, like, all this stuff. Like, I I, I feel like they do a good job of showing it's, like, well, we trained him not to just be a fighter, but just to be, like, all around just, like, smart and good at all this stuff, you know? He's very much a detective. Yeah, the yeah. way he gets her, the way he gets her room number, like yeah. such a stealthy way. I thought that was so cool how he did that. Yep. Yeah. yeah so I have a note here. This is just random, but it says surprise that the CIA are being driven around in a bunch of minivans <laughs> because for some reason, like they're just like you think it would be something different, but it's minivans. So um, he follows uh, uh, Landy. Um, I, I really am tickled by the fact that like, she's going through, like, she, she's like, we, we're going to do this. You're going to look at these. You're going to follow these leads. You're going to do all this. And she lays out this whole plan and then Bourne just calls her on her cell phone. <laughs> and like, to me, that is like so great. And, um, he's talking to her and he's like, listen, I want to turn myself in. And he's like, but I want, uh, Julia Stiles character to do it. I know her. I'm yeah. familiar with her. Um, and that's like one of the best parts of the whole movie when he's like, she's like, oh, well, I don't know. It, I don't know if we'll be able to track her down, if we'll be able to find her. And Bourne's just like, oh, it's easy. She's standing right next to you. <laughs> it's just like, I love that part. It's so great. Yeah. We lost you there. Say that again. <laughs> oh, sorry. I said it's a great moment. Oh, yeah. Glad we, glad we rolled back for that. Thank you. <laughs> 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 but it, but it's it's also great to me that it's like the next scene it's like okay we're gonna do this thing we, they set up all this stuff and then we have the snipers and it's just like it's almost comical how easily he outsmarts like the entire CIA like they have all these plans about how they're gonna catch him and he just like nah he just like completely outsmarts them grabs Julia Stiles and I just I, I love like it's not like in your face but I love how they constantly in this movie just show you it's like He's smarter than everybody else. Yeah, he's really he's really kind of a dick to Julia Stiles too. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. But they like that's the thing though. There's something I don't know, there's something between them. You know that they know each other and you know that she's had obviously contact with him before, but like on what level, you're not really sure when he's literally screaming at her like with a gun to her head. (laughs) He probably doesn't remember any of his interactions with her. No, but she does obviously, because you can tell on her face that she, there's something there that like, she's not saying. And you're kind of trying to figure out like, well, how did they know each other before? Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. I do like, so he gets some information on her. I do have this quote, uh, one of my favorite things that Brian Cox says in this, when things are kind of going south, he says, you're in a big puddle of shit, Pamela. You don't have the shoes for it. Like, Such a chauvinist, this guy. 
like, and it's it's weird because like on a first watch, you're like, all right, well, but like watching it after you knowing that he's kind of like the bad guy and he's trying to just derail this investigation the whole time. It's like that's what's kind of interesting to me. Like a second watch, you're like, oh, you can kind of appreciate not appreciate, but like what he's doing, you can kind of read into it a little more. Um, I also have a note that says, so Bourne goes to like an internet cafe and I'm like, okay, this movie's old, 2004, but man, how old do the computers and internet look in this movie? Like, right? Like they look ancient to me. Like I was like, when he's, when those big like monitors that like stick out this far and I'm like, this is not that long ago. And it seems like the stone ages to me, like watching him on that computer look up stuff. Yes. It kind of was that long ago. Yeah, <laughs> like, I guess that's true. It's a long time. And then keep in mind, yeah. like, he's probably not in the most affluent area. So they probably don't. The fact that they have internet cafes there means that not everybody in the area has internet, which means that it's probably not. They're not going to have the best equipment. That, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. Um, so. Then uh, one CIA agent, Danny, was he in the first film? Or am I yeah. wrong about that? No, the guy the that's film. like he's oh. Con- he was Conklin's assistant. Okay, so uh, he's like, hey, you know what? I, I, he calls Brian Cox over, and he's like, he takes him down to where the explosives were laid at the beginning of the movie, and he's like, hey, this doesn't make sense yeah. because this bomb here it's attached to something that wouldn't make a difference even if it went off, and he's kind of he's like. I told you before I told Landy because it doesn't make sense. And then Brian Cox straight up murders the guy. Can yes. we talk about the fact that, okay, <laughs> Brian Cox, like, great actor, whatever. The fact that this guy is like 30 years younger than this guy in the film. <laughs> I'm like, did anybody not think I was like, when he was killing him, I was like, no, that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, just, I thought that too. Brian Cox, you know what? Pushed him over. Let's say, let's say Brian Cox is 20 years younger than he is now. Just the sheer size and body structure of Brian Cox would not lend to him being able to kill uh, this young guy. Uh, Danny Zorn. Yeah, there, there's no way. Doesn't he like stab him in the heart though? He like goes, can you go look at this yeah. again? And the guy's like, yeah, sure. And he turns his head and like, I think I'm not a CIA agent, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> if somebody grabbed me from behind, I would be able to. Wait, you know. are you sure you're not a CIA agent? <laughs> no, as far as I know. <laughs> not a good shot. Um, but <laughs> no, I just thought it was unrealistic of like the way they were positioning it. Like they, that guy didn't even put up a fight or, you know yeah. what I mean? It was just like, he just killed him. And you're like, that wouldn't have happened. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's very far. Well, it, no way. Yeah. And the thing about, the thing about it is it's, I mean, like, obviously we've all seen it before, but upon the first viewing, it's very shocking yeah. that he just like murders that guy. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Bourne remembers, he starts to remember more. He remembers that he killed Nesky and his wife. He goes to the hotel, the hotel Becker. Um, he's kind of going through the room and he's remembering all this. Uh, they recognize him cause there's an alert out for him. They send like the SWAT team in, but they, he can't check into the room he wants to. So they like go to the room across the hall and he sees them all. Uh, so there's like a chase, you know, um, they're chasing him around. 
uh, he jumps on the boat and he, I like, I do like the fact that, so he jumps off that bridge onto the boat and he hurts his leg. And I like the fact that with this movie, he's limping the rest of the, the movie. Rest of the like, movie. They yeah. don't, they're not like, Oh, he hurt his leg, but he's fine. Like he is injured the for the rest of the movie. And I like that. They're like, yeah, like you wouldn't recover from that that quick. So I like that. They kind of, that, uh, attention. Yep. Attention the detail of this. Yeah. So did anybody else notice that part when he takes, I think, look like, what is that thing that he has? And he cooks that on the bridge and pulls himself up. I thought that was one of the most impressive things that he did in this movie. <laughs> Am I the like, only one yeah. that thought that? Well, I mean, I don't know. I guess your upper upper body strength isn't that strong. <laughs> <laughs> it's a slick pull. It is a slick pull. I don't know. I guess I didn't, I guess I didn't, I didn't think about it. Was it was good. I, I appreciate the fact that he like. Jen and I, Jen and I literally rewatching this, my wife and I both commented on it at the exact same time. Like, wow, that was impressive that he literally grabs a pole and just climbs up it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess you're right. I just, I feel like all the things he does, that doesn't stick out to me. as like the most. Oh man. It did for <laughs> me. I'm the only one. I don't know. I, you know, I've, Time. It's really not that hard. (laughs) Sometimes sometimes I just go to the park and just do it. I've seen him do it. It's impressive. It's pretty good. Um, (laughs) They call me the Lebanese (laughs) Spider-Man. They do. Um, Okay, so Brian Cox goes back to his hotel and he uh, he calls Yuri uh, and he kind of like confesses everything that's going on. And then I love that little bit where he goes says everything to him, and then it's like, oh, guess what? Bourne is so smart, he's already in the room. He's recorded this whole conversation. Um, It's just like you don't expect it the first time that he's there. Uh, And I like that he doesn't doesn't kill uh, Brian Cox. I think that's when he tells him, he's like, well, Mm -hmm. she wouldn't want me to. I think it's one of the times that he says that. And he leaves the gun, though, and he just takes the recording. Um, So... um, that's where we kind of learned you know, when we talked about this already that like Brian Cox's whole thing was that like they were going to find out that he was the one that sold the $20 million and they didn't want the Nesky file to get out. So they're like, we'll blame it all on porn. Um, and then we'll kill him and they'll never find him. Um, they, like I said, he recorded that confession. Uh, he gives it to Pamela Landy. She confronts him. Uh, and then he straight up kills himself and kind of like that, uh, you know, cause he's got that gun and you just like, they don't show it or anything, but it's still kind of a like, whoa, like you weren't really expecting that because he knows there's no way out for him and he's caught. And so, um, so born that now he's headed to Moscow. We don't know exactly why. Uh, he takes a train there. They find him. Uh, he gets in the taxi. <laughs> I do have a note that says, wait, is Carl Urban a police officer? Question mark. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm confused. Um, but we find out Bourne's there because he he wants to. Um, one of the things we didn't touch on is that he he went to kill Nesky. His wife wasn't supposed to be there, so he ends up killing Nesky's wife and Nesky, and like making it look like she killed him and then committed suicide. And they have a daughter; she lived obviously, but that's kind of like a major plot point. So he's there; he's trying to find her daughter. Um, and I do, I do dislike that he's like, uh, Carl Urban's like driving, all the cops are looking for him and like, he's driving and he just like happens to notice 
that Bourne's like walking by, like um, like under this bridge where he's driving. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's like walking, and like Carl Urban stops the car and he like pulls out his gun and he like shoots him like right in the, in the shoulder. And I'm like, how did he notice him, Devin? Yeah, I, I the noticing him was one thing, but the other thing that disappointed me, I'm like, is he really not gonna kill him with that shot? He misses and shoots him in the shoulder. I was like, eh, I, okay, I mean. To, to Melissa's point from earlier, maybe he's just Carl, not a good shot. Like, I don't okay. think well, he's a sniper. <laughs> I mean, granted, that gun he's using, it's not, it's a handgun from that far away. It's probably not that accurate. So hitting him in the shoulder makes sense. All right. All right. Okay. So uh, then we get into. <laughs> <laughs> thumbs thumbs down. Down. I feel thumbs like we need to go to a gun range and test this now. <laughs> um, so then we get into like. What I would say is, like, probably, I mean, not probably, I don't think anyone would argue me, the main action set set piece of this movie is this car chase that so takes good. over kind of like this five. Yeah. And it, it is it is really, really, really good. It's uh, it's a solid, it's, it's so good. And I, I, I just say to myself, like, I would be screwed immediately because I can't drive sticks. So, like, I would get into that cab and be like. You're not getting on the amazing race, Joe. <laughs> I know. I'm in trouble. <laughs> But then, uh, and it's like I like how this these movies do like these subtle things that just let you know how much of just like a stone cold like badass Bourne is. And I know it's one of Melissa's favorite parts where he's like driving. He's shot in the shoulder and he's driving this car and he just takes that bottle of vodka, just pours it on the wound, and just takes like the towels and like casually just like puts it there and it's like okay, I'm good. Like. Any of us got shot like that, we would not be like getting up, moving, or doing anything. And he's just like, "That's fine. I'm just gonna pour some vodka on it and keep like driving this like intense chase scene." Oh yeah, this summer I stabbed myself in the leg real bad, and like I was almost passed out. Oh yeah, yeah. I was doing some work in the back. I was doing some work in the backyard, and I was cutting. Instead of cutting away from myself, I was cutting toward myself and I was cutting through a wire and (laughs) the wire cut and then the knife, I stabbed myself in the inside of my thigh. Oh my God. And so I had, yeah, I had like, I had eight stitches and it was a whole thing. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm like, so I stabbed myself and I'm like, uh, Aaron, I don't think I'm okay. (laughs) I had to run to the house and lay down because I almost passed out. And it wasn't even, it was a nice fatty part of my leg. So it's not like it, you know, was in really any danger. But no, if I got shot, vodka and a towel is not going to help me. Do you, think, do you think now with your knife wound, you should have just poured vodka on it, though? Uh, you know, maybe. I probably would. Yeah, I, maybe. Honestly, yeah. one of my favorite parts of the movie, because I felt like the first movie had. I don't want to say so many more like fight scenes in combat where it was like, oh, this is really good. But this part was when you were like, okay, this reminded me of the first movie, at least for me, of this was born being a badass. And he was just like, yep, I'm continuing driving. I just grabbed some random taxi vodka, poured it on me. I'm like, also in this scene, I was thinking, these German cars are really made well if they're in because I was like this car doesn't look like an Audi and we're not you know what I mean like where I'm thinking you're going to be driving some really cool like tank type of 
car and yeah. he was in some like 1975 taxi or something just cruising and I was like all right well that's I think that made the scene because I think yeah. if he was in some fancy ass like uh you know no offense to the 007 fans but if he was in a James Bond like you'll know, look at this fancy car like he was just in a regular car just yeah. plowing through shit no yeah. and I and, and I agree and I think that's what like this movie this whole series does a great job of like grounding all the stuff that it does. It's not fantastic, you know, as in like, Oh, I don't think this could happen. I mean, it's all like, okay, you know what? Like, like I find it crazy. Like I even know, like that car that he's driving takes so much punishment. I'm like, how is it still driving? Like he gets hit so many times and he's just like, and he just like keeps driving. Well, and, it's that's, crazy. and that's one of the things like uh, uh, speaking of keeping it grounded after he gets shot, he cuts through that, that like store, that bazaar, that basically yeah. group of stores. And that's where he picks up like the socks that he uses as the bandage and the bottle of vodka. And he picks up some other stuff too. Just as he's walking, just as he's walking through just stuff he can get on hand while he's moving to stop the bleeding. Um, and then obviously steals the car and goes from there. But you're right. Everything is very grounded in, in anything that anybody could get a hold of. Yeah. And I think that's like what this whole series does, particularly this movie is like, it I mean, makes you believe, but makes you believe it's like, he is just is so well trained that like everything to him, like he is thinking of every option. He knows there's no situation that can surprise him. And like, I, I think that's what's so cool to watch this just and be like, he's never like flustered or like, how am I going to get out of this? He knows no matter what's going on. He's like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to grab the socks and the vodka and I'm going to drive this car. And it's, I don't know. Like, it's very, it's very like, I don't know. It's not flashy the way that it is. It's just like matter of fact that he knows how to do all this stuff. Yep. Um, I read that so, they did that like, on purpose. Like 007 is all these fancy gadgets that people can't buy. And they use stuff that like we could all go to the store and get. And, you know, maybe Jason yeah. could have used some vodka to pour on his open wound. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just have it around. But everything like the zip ties, the magazine, like all of those things that are considered like weapons. And even the first one, he just uses his hands for the most part of just... You know, so I think they did that like throughout the movie to make it yeah. normal. Seem normal for sure. Um, so like he has that like Carl Urban catches up to him, and like that kind of great little bit where they have they're kind of maneuvering the cars, and he gets like he gets him like in a position where he's like he's pushing into him, and he drives him into that barrier of like they're in like a tunnel and just completely offs up his car. And I like that little bit because he and I guess you know what this is kind of wild because I guess I didn't remember this but he gets out and he has his gun Carl Urban is still alive right like he's not dead right that's my understanding yeah. I think I always thought that he got killed in a crash but he's not he's still alive he's breathing and Bourne doesn't kill him he's he has his gun even after everything he knows that he's the one that killed Marie and all this and he kind of is just like die and he just leaves and I think in my mind I always like oh he gets killed in that crash so it was kind of like when I was watching it this time I was like Oh, I was like, Carl Urban's still alive, and he kind of makes the decision not to kill him, which I think is kind of kind of an interesting choice. Well, and that's the thing. At, at no point does Bourne ever kill anybody really in cold blood. Like, he kills somebody in defense of himself, 
like um, when he kills Clive Owen in the first movie. But other than that, he doesn't kill anybody. That's true. I guess I never really thought about it from that. But you're right. He doesn't really. It's not like, I mean, he beats the crap out of a lot of people, but he doesn't necessarily kill a lot of people. So, um, so anyway, so Carl Urban's alive. Uh, Yuri gets arrested, which I'm not entirely sure. Is it because of the confession that Brian Cox? Yeah. Is that why Yuri? Okay. Um, so, and then like, uh, Bourne goes, he tracks down Nesky's daughter and kind of like it, surprisingly, like, I don't want to say moving, but like surprising scene, like you wouldn't kind of expect it where he kind of is like, Hey, listen, cause her, you know, like in her mind, her mom killed her dad and killed herself. And he's like, that's not what happened. He's like, I killed your parents. It was me. And like, I, I don't know, like, it's kind of like a really effective scene that like, he's like, listen, I got to be straight with you and tell you what it is. Um, and I guess they said that that was like the original ending of the movie. Was yeah. it just him <laughs> giving that confession? And then they were like, this is a little too much of a bummer. Like they're like, so that they, they ended up shooting that other, um, the other ending, which I don't, I don't know if you guys saw, but like, it always amazes me when we, when we've, we covered some of this stuff before, but that they shot that actual ending two weeks before the movie came out. Yeah. Like it was scheduled to come out and like uh, they, the uh, Greengrass and Damon were like, listen, we don't think this ending works. We need to shoot this new one. Uh, it costs like $200,000. They said that Damon was filming like Ocean's 12 and they had to pull and they did this whole scene. And I think it was a smart decision, yep. you know, and it was, yeah, and sure. I mentioned this before, but it was crazy to me to find out that they did not know they were making a third one when they shot that scene. Like, cause like, I always assumed that they were like, Oh, we know we're making a third one. That's why we put the scene in. But to find out that they filmed that scene and then had to build the third movie around that scene is crazy to me. But I, I mean, like, I don't know how you guys feel, but I think that, I don't know if they didn't know they're making a third one. I think that's a much more effective ending and kind of like, if there wasn't a third movie, it gives you a little bit of closure. He finds out his real name and like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how you guys feel about it. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Please. no, I was going to say, I think um, for me, at least like the scene with the daughter and all of that, like it just, the whole movie in the first movie you're always like, there's something about him that's not just mechanical and like how they made the, the people in this program, you know, like he always, and I feel like he's always trying to uh, kind of show his feelings at some point. And he's very, and that scene with the daughter kind of showed you even more, obviously for him of, He's not a part of that. He's somebody separate and it's not just him just going through the motions of kicking people's asses or killing people or whatever he's doing. It's um, I think that's a little bit, at least for me, like the com. I don't know. He's a little complex of like you think he has no feelings and then he does something like that where you're like, okay, well, no. Wow. Okay. That's completely surprising. Didn't think he would have that emotional connection with the daughter of the, you know, killed her parents. Yeah, he still has his humanity. Despite being yeah. programmed to be an assassin, there's still that yeah. ounce of humanity, which, I mean, in all honesty, is is probably a byproduct of having lost his memory and not mm-hmm. having, right. not well, having that, all that baggage. Well, 
Well, no, yeah. and I and I agree because I think it's like he has this amnesia, and like this person that he was is almost like a stranger to him. And I feel like that like they do a good job of him being like as shocked as like I can't believe I did all this stuff. Like he is like like we are as an audience, and he's like I like I, I think it does a really good job of like separating that like who he is now after this amnesia like it's all it's like a stranger like he doesn't remember any of this and he can't believe that he's done any of it and i think it's like a really kind of nice coda to this movie that like that's the most important thing to him that he needs to go find this girl and tell her the truth because mm-hmm. like it's going to make a difference if you know what really happened so um even with do- like Pam and Julia Stiles, like there's these little bits of like you can see him throughout the movie, just kind of he has feelings, and you're like, yeah. okay, he's not a robot, <laughs> you know, yeah. he's not just going through the motions trying to avenge Marie or whatever he's doing. Like there are, you know, a lot of layers to him. Yeah, well, like yeah, and I think they do a good job of that because, like we said, he doesn't even after everything and everything that sets into motion, he doesn't kill Carl Urban. Like he messes him up bad. And he has a chance, but he doesn't. He, like, leaves him there. So I think I think it does a good job of kind of, like, showing you that it's, like, this, like, he had some bad stuff happen to him, and he has this amnesia, but he's, you know, he's a decent human being, and he's just trying to figure it out. So um, we get the ending of the movie, and I, I do love this ending scene. Uh, he calls Landy, and he's talking to her, and she's, like, uh, they're kind of friends now, and she tells him, like, that his real name is David Webb and like when he was born and all this stuff. And it's like, <laughs> they do a great job with it. Where like, and then he like, um, cause you're not quite sure what's going on. And then he tells her, he's like, ah, oh, he's like, yeah, you should get some rest, Pam. You look tired. Cause he's like on the building, like watching her across. And it, it's like a callback to the earlier scene. And I don't know, it, it's really great for me. And then like, he just kind of leaves and I can see like knowing about it now, like, it, it is an ending that maybe could work. Like if they sure. didn't make a third movie, you know? Sure. Although it's interesting how like it sets up kind of like uh, the Jason Bourne ending at that point where it's always like that little last zinger and then the music kicks in. Like it's yeah. always like that little extra little bit of surprise at the very, very end. And then you hear the Moby song. <laughs> yeah. Hugh <laughs> yep. Moby. Like, it it reminds me of, like, can I bring up something from the third movie? I know we're not covering the third movie. Sure. Um, But I'm going to bring it up now, because who knows when they'll cover it. I love that scene in the third movie where whoever the big, like, bad guy is in the third movie, when he's in that guy's office and he calls him and he's, like, talking to him, and the guy's like, uh, uh, and Bourne's like, well, where are you? And the guy's like, I'm in my office. And Bourne's like, oh, I highly doubt that. And the guy's like, why? He's like, because if you were in my office, you'd be having this conversation face to face. Like, I just love like, it's like, that's kind of like, this is like the precursor to that. And um, I don't know. It, it'll be fun when we cover the third movie. Because like, honestly, as much as these blend together to me, I don't remember a lot about the third movie. So yeah. um, I'm probably going to go watch it at some point. Yeah, I kind of want to watch it now, too. Yeah, I agree. You can, I kind of, have you seen Jason Bourne? No, I haven't. I, have. uh, I haven't. I, to be honest with you, I haven't heard great things about the fourth one. It's not. With him. It's not bad, but he he loses that humanity in the in the fourth film. Okay, like, I've heard the, that it does. The thing that he has here that kind of makes him 
a, a complex character, he loses. And I've also heard that the third, that the fourth one it doesn't have as much action as these. No. Like I feel like, and it like doesn't. to be to be fair, this one. I mean, I, I mean, we'll get into our ratings, and I obviously enjoy this movie, but like, there is really only like he has that big fight scene with the guy in the house. Mm-hmm. There's a the big car chase at the end. There's not like that. Yeah. There, yeah. There's not like this movie isn't, it's weird because you, you remember it and you think of it, you're like, Oh, the Bourne movies, but this movie doesn't have like that. And I think Melissa mentioned this, like that fight scene he has with that guy in the house is really the only like hand to hand fight scene mm-hmm. in this whole movie. Yes. The so first one, that's why it was so much slower than I felt. At least the first one is a lot of like hand to hand combat and just, you know, yeah. compared to this one took a minute where you're like, okay, when is he going to do something? I think yeah. Brian Cox probably had the most action scene before he <laughs> like, you know, true. it was just kind of like he did a lot. And then in the scene when he like beat those two guys up in that room, that was probably it compared to the yeah. first one. I felt like there was a lot more like hand to hand and kind of um, this one was more, I think like plot based and, Kind yeah. of moving through what we learned from the first one. Yep. I think this movie is more like a, like, the first movie shows you, like, his physical, like, how he could beat it. This movie's more like, I would say, like, cerebral. Like, it shows you, like, how smart he is and how, like, how he moves and how he can figure out situations and, like, how he can adapt. And I, and I think that's why, like, all these movies kind of blend together. Sure. And it, it's wild to think that they didn't have this planned as, like, a trilogy because if you think about it, it's like all these kind of mesh together in my head and I think you get, like, the full picture of the character. But I think, like, like I said, I need to watch the third one, but I feel like each one kind of shows you, like, a different part of him, you know? Like, reveals more about him. But it is, it is one- crazy. Oh, go ahead. The third one is very much a mix of these two. Like it has all the cerebral elements of the second one, but a lot more action in it as well. Um, which, you know, and honestly, in my opinion, the third one is by far the best of them. Um, okay. But but it does have the elements of kind of everything in it. Let me let me ask you this now. While we're talking about these, had, did you see the Jeremy Renner one, The Born Legacy? No, I haven't. I saw it. But I feel like I could not tell you one thing about it. Like, I watched it, and I feel like it was completely forgettable. And that's, honestly, that's what I was reading about it when I was doing research for this and for the last one. That's kind of what I was reading. Like, because Tony Gilroy, who wrote this one, directed the the Jeremy Renner one and wrote it. Okay. Oh, you mean the the director of The Cutting Edge? The director of The Cutting Edge. I mean, the writer of The Cutting Edge. Writer of The Cutting Edge, Tony Gilroy. One of the best movies of the 90s, Joe. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> and what I was reading is that was kind of the reaction was, you know, the, the Born Legacy was very forgettable. Like it, it was an okay movie, but it was very forgettable. And that's why they wanted to do one more with Jason Bourne, um, I, which again I two, ended up being forgettable as well. I was going to say, I have two more questions for you. One, should I, or is anyone that hasn't seen the fourth one, is it worth watching? Does it does it give like a conclusion, or is it like is it best to kind of end with the no. third one and forget that one doesn't exist? The third one's the real ending. Okay. Now here's my other question. Yeah. Do you remember? I feel, I feel they, do you remember that they made a TV show on USA called Treadstone that lasted yes. for a season? I didn't. Did even you think watch it, that? I didn't even think it lasted for a season. It was one season, but I don't have many episodes. No, I, you I, didn't watch it all. No. Okay. 
I just Devin doesn't that. watch USA or TV. Oh yeah, yeah. So. Funny. Like, that's, that's true. That is true. Oh, episode LBJ will tell you, Burn Notice is a great show, right? LBJ. It is Fan- the best show. Fantastic show. Fantastic you, show, Jason. It's so good. Yeah, and, and you know what? I didn't even okay. catch on right away. I didn't pick it up until like third season, and phenomenal show. Yeah, I have all the great. DVDs. I will lend them to whoever wants <laughs> and, to watch. <laughs> and I'm the same way. Like, I didn't pick up on it originally. It's got Bruce Campbell in it. That's all you need to know. And, so you know, don't get me wrong. I watched a lot of USA TV shows. You know, I was a big Monk fan, big Psych fan. Psych. So good. Yeah. yeah. I was a big. Uh, oh God, what was the one with uh, Matt Bomer? Uh, I can't think. Oh, of white, collar. White, white collar, white collar, white collar, love white collar. Big white collar fan. Uh, but you know. covert affairs is a good show. Thanks. Covert affairs, affairs is thing. great. Silk stockings, if you want to go way back. <laughs> wow. wow, silk stockings. Wow. I gotta no. say, a silk stockings reference yep. is not something I ever thought would come up on the show, but I appreciate it. You're welcome. At least, at least not <laughs> from anyone other than Dave. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It does seem like something Dave would bring up. But, uh, 100%. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so we've made it to the end of this. Is there anything that we didn't talk about, anything we didn't cover that, you know, Devin, in your mountain of notes, anything we didn't cover that you wanted to bring up? Or have you kind of got everything out? Not, nothing nothing major. Yeah, nothing major left in the notes. I think, I think we covered it. Uh, LBJ, Melissa, you guys good? Anything you didn't get out that you wanted to talk about? No? Let's All right, write, so I think, let's rate this thing. Let's rate. Let's rate it. Here we go. All right, Melissa, Devin, as a guest, you get to choose. Do you want to go first, second? Have one of us go first for our ratings? Totally up to you guys. Devin, why don't you go first? I'll defer to Melissa. All right, Melissa. Oh, oh okay. What do you want to do? Uh, I'll go first. All right, do it. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but there, tell you what, I'll, I'll go tell first. That's all. Okay, go, go, go. LBJ, you go. I'll go first. Wait, all right, you go the, first. Explain the rating system. I am. Maybe yeah, we have a we have a rating system. One to five machine guns. You can do half machine guns. Uh, I enjoy this movie quite a bit. I like all the Bourne movies. This is. Of the three main Bourne films, this is my least favorite, but that is not to say that is not to say that this is a bad film. Um, I like it a lot. The action's great uh, when there is action, but you're right. It is definitely a more cerebral movie. The acting is great in this film. The directing is great in this film. Um, It really is. Joan Allen's phenomenal. It really expands upon the Bourne universe. You get a much broader sense that there's a lot of other things going on. Um, overall, I would give this. I'm going to go. <laughs> it's tough. I want to go four and a half, but then where do I put, where do I put Bourne, Born Ultimatum, which I think is better. I don't think I can give Born Ultimatum a five. So I'm going to give this one a four so I can reserve 4.5 for Born Ultimatum. Okay. And, All um, right, so can I go, can I go next after yeah, that? Yeah, go yes. ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm going to go next after that because I'm going to literally just say what he said um, <laughs> in terms of his explanation. But the only thing that I'm going to do, remember, I believe I ranked the Born Identity at four machine guns. 
I got to back this one off a little bit. I'm going to give this one three and a half machine guns because I agree. It's still a great movie. It is probably number three of the original three. But if you're a Bourne fan, you should absolutely see it. And then you should stop after the ultimatum. So I'll give it three and a half machine guns. <laughs> All right. Uh, Melissa, you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. Um, I feel like I'm a very difficult grader. Um, I liked this movie a lot. I think, like I said, there was a lot. It was a slow build, but still great. But there are amazing action sequences and things in here. Um, But I'm going to give it a 2.5 because I'm a fan of the original because I think it's the best. And I think it's like super authentic and it's just Jason Bourne at Jason Bourne best. And the third, kind of like the Godfather <laughs> third, I, I kind of don't want to rewatch it because I just don't want to sour. So I'm going to give it a 2.5. Devin is shocked. Like, the look on Did the Sphinx face. just show up? Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, tough fighter. So, you know, everyone makes some good points on this. My problem, it's hard for me. Like, I feel like all three of these movies make one movie. Like, it's hard for me to pick out, like, like, yes, I know they're three separate movies and it wasn't planned to be a trilogy, but I feel like they all make one picture. And I I feel like it's hard to pull out one part of it because I feel like they all expand on it. Um, This one, surprisingly to me, it is, I would say, of the three, and I don't think this is a crazy claim, it is the one that maybe has the least going on as it as far as action. Like, I always was like, oh, there's a, but I think this is kind of them all melding together. I was like, there's a lot of action in this. But then rewatching it, I'm like, well, he fights that guy with the magazine and he drives the car at the end, and then there isn't a lot. That's not, that's not a bad thing, but, like, I, I think these movies are best watched all together. Like, I feel like they tell one story and it's hard to pick one out and be like, this is the best one. This is the worst one. I don't remember what I gave the first one. I think I'm going to go with three and a half for this one. Um, I do like this one a lot. I think going into it, I was like, this is my favorite of the Bourne movies. But then rewatching it, I was like, I don't know if this is my favorite of the Bourne movies. You know, I haven't seen the third one in a while. But I, I, in my mind, it's hard to kind of pick one out and give a rating to it because I feel like they all tell a complete story, at least the original three. So, But I'm going to go with three and a half. I, I do think it's a good movie. I think it's well acted. Joan Allen is amazing at it. She's my favorite part of this movie. Um, and the, the what action sequence they are are good. I wish we could get some more of his hand-to-hand combat in this. I think if they could have gotten maybe one other major fight scene, it, it maybe would have bumped it up for me. I will agree with you on this. I had to force myself to not watch the first and the third one um, when I saw them, just because I wanted to make sure I kept this one separate. But generally when I watch these, I'll watch them back to back to back um, because they are kind of one big complete yeah. story in my mind. Yeah. And that's, and that's the crazy thing to me is that like they didn't plan for this to be a trilogy, but I feel like he almost had to view it as a trilogy to really get the whole story. That's the, that's the part that's kind of crazy to me is that they're like, well, we're going to make one. And they're like, well, I guess we've got to make a second one. And like I said, it, like I said earlier, it blew my mind that they weren't planning on making a third one the way that they're interconnected. But uh, I, I definitely agree that I really want to watch the third one now because like it's been so long since I've seen it. 
Um, is it the third one or the fourth one that has Tommy Lee Jones in it? Third one. Third no, one. No, fourth one. The fourth one. Okay, it, I know he's in. No, it's in the it's in Jason Bourne. Tommy yeah, Lee Jones and Jason right. Bourne. Okay. Well, anyways, should I not like win the series and watch the fourth? Like, should that just be not? Um, do I it? mean, don't think of it. I would say don't think of the th- of the fourth movie as like part of the main trilogy. Think of it as more like like a like an epilogue. <laughs> like, it's not even really like it's not even really a. F- I don't want to say a full movie, but it's more like a. Like Jason Bourne retires and this just happens to get him out of retirement once, you know, <laughs> it's like the, I don't even know how to describe it. Okay. It's like you have a TV series, right? And then they come back 10 years later and do a made for TV movie. So it's like, it's like a revival of a series. It's like a revival of a series, a one-off yeah. revival. Yeah. Okay. All right. So no, don't make it high on your list of viewing. No. And if you don't ever see it, you're not missing anything other than I don't want to spoil it, but I'm not going to spoil it. Spoil it. Do you really want to spoil it? Yeah, spoil it. It's kind of no, because it's really the only. All right. It's really the only right, emotional connection in the movie. All right, don't spoil it. Uh, okay. Um, well, I think I think we 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 hit this one pretty good. I mean this. I mean overall, this is a great movie, and I think if you're not familiar with the, the at least this original Born trilogy. You should definitely check it out because, I mean, and we talked about this in the first movie that, like, this style of action movie has been copied and it's influenced so much stuff down the road. Like, we talked about how, like, this movie basically changed the face of the James Bond franchise because they made this movie and then, like, Casino Royale is, like, you watch that and you're like, okay, you know, this is a different kind of Bond movie and it was 100% influenced by this, so... I, it, it's a great franchise, and like I said, in my mind, it's hard to pick one of the movies out of these original three. But if you haven't seen it, check it out for sure. Absolutely. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's plug some stuff. Um, hey, Joe, we're part of a website and network podcast uh, podcast network. What, what's it called? Uh, well, we're part of the uh, Gamezilla Media Network. Um, we have stuff out, you know, quite a bit on, uh, Mondays is when the last action podcast comes out, which is obviously what you're listening to now. Um, Tuesdays, you can check out the actual, uh, Gamezilla, uh, podcast. Uh, Wednesdays, if if you haven't quite got enough of LBJ, you can check him out on Noobs and Dragons, uh, which apparently maybe might be ending its second season, according We're to LBJ. Close. Yeah. We're getting close. We got another maybe three weeks of recordings, and then we should be done, probably. Okay, okay. And then on Thursdays, uh, there's the uh, Legend of Retro, which is like if you're into uh, retro video games, it's the podcast for you both. Uh, LP and J, LBJ and I have been on the podcast. We've been on it together. We've been on it separately. Um, it's definitely worth a listen. Uh, you know, like you said, there's also the website, there's streamers. Um, if you're interested in learning more about us, um, we have a Facebook page, we have an Instagram page, follow us, give us a like. If you're really into us, check out our discord. That's where you can really interact with us. We have our own channel on the discord. Uh, LBJ and I are both very active in it. Uh, we're always interacting with people. So that's the way to go. 
Uh, and if you're really into it and you really want to support us, we do have a Patreon page. There are two tiers. You can support us at $1 a month. It gets you, you know, a few extra things. It gets you the state of the Zilla. Uh, if you're really into us for $5 a month, all the shows have an extra bonus uh, episode they put out every month. Ours is called the post-credit scene. Um, for the post-credit scene, we usually, like, these episodes, we dig into specific movies. Those are more topics. We kind of, you know, we talk about lists. We talk about, we. I gave LPJ and Smix a quiz once. As I always like to bring up, I took uh, LPJ to Action Court once over the Thomas Jane Punisher and lost. But I'm thinking about it was a mistrial, and I, I Dave is going to be my star witness. I think we're going to have another uh, Action gonna, Court. No, we're anyway. not. We're not going to. No. We're <laughs> But anyways, if you if you're interested in what we're doing and you want to hear more, uh, that that's kind of the way to do it and to support what we're doing and everyone on the network. And obviously, we appreciate any support at any level. Um, and, you know, and if you enjoy the podcast and you're listening on whatever uh, podcast format you listen to, give us a rating, give us a like. It kind of helps us get out there, and you know, we just appreciate the support. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and I appreciate the uh, the guests coming on. So. Melissa, Devin, is there anything you guys want to plug? Nothing I want to plug. As always, I just always want to say thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. I always look forward to my next invitation. I'm glad I could be here for Mel's first uh, first episode on the Last Action Podcast. How many in that deal that happened at Zubu, like how many times do you have to appear on the podcast before you've like uh, reached the limit of your contract? have but now it's just now it's just fun now we just roll oh, now it's just fun okay. yeah, i'm like uh, a, i'm like a yeah. dealer i just gotta get him just gotta get him hooked yeah. he, no, he just gave me a taste more. that's how it works it's one, uh, you get the first one free the next you gotta pay for what was that <laughs> you want to plug uh no but the fact that Devin called me mel i will not be talking to him next week um but other than that um <laughs> no thanks for having me it was fun it was not painful so i appreciate it and uh i look forward to coming on to another one absolutely. if i'm invited back absolutely for sure no 100%. just don't make me watch die hard not happening <laughs> putting that out there so oh yeah um melissa has not seen die hard very good so i know I didn't know if that was going to come up, but I know you'll be very hurt by that. But I'm glad it's going at the end of the episode. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll just leave that for now. LJ <laughs> is a, a staunch. He will tell you it's a Christmas movie 100%. Too. Um, we should move But no, we, we definitely appreciate you guys both being on. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and we'll obviously have you back. So Yes. Well, that said, let's wrap up the longest show we've ever done, by the way. Um, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs>